I'm recording this and I'm not even sure when you're going to hear this because I'm waiting for Substack to help me with some technical stuff on the back end. And I don't know how long that's going to take. Hopefully I'll be able to get this out this week. I would love to be able to get this out at the same time I normally would send out the newsletter because number one, I'm going to get something out before Christmas. And number two, I'm changing things up a little bit, changing things up a little bit. The, the new year is coming. This is a time to look forward, to look backwards, to evaluate, to reevaluate, to do all of these things that we always talk about. I don't really do the resolution thing, but I do analyze. And if you know anything about me by now, you know that I like to tweak the dials. And turn this this knob up just a little bit, and this one just down just a little bit. Just play with things because number one, your tastes, my tastes, continually change. But even if it didn't, it's always about trying to get into the sweet spot. And for me, that sweet spot is coming from this sense of comfort that I'm getting from this substack. I'll be honest, one of the reasons I always had problems with consistency in attempts to do this in the past was a discomfort and an insecurity. Turns out a lot of that is alleviated by that word consistency. If you just keep doing something, you start to understand it. That's pretty straightforward, right? <laughs> Not saying anything groundbreaking here. But sometimes you you know these things. You you know these realities. And you go into a new situation and you forget everything you know about reality. <laughs> you leave all the lessons you know from everything else in life. And you assume that they don't apply to this new thing because this new thing obviously is it's different, right? But in reality, most of the lessons from life apply across the board to a lot of things. So the idea that, you know, riding a bike, you get better at riding a bike by how? By riding a bike. I haven't been one of the people that are able to go, okay, here's what I'm going to do. Let me plan out everything. Here's the game plan and then stick to the game plan. I've always been more of the sail before you're ready <laughs> and figure out everything else while you're on the water. Metaphors galore. But if we look at it in terms of podcasting, some people have this idea, okay, here's what I'm going to do. This is what my podcast or my newsletter, this is what it's going to be. This is what it's going to be about. This is the description. This is the artwork. This is the name. This is the schedule. And that's what I'm going to do. And then they just do it. And they never change it. They never tweak it. They just kind of roll with it. Never really worked for me. <laughs> because generally I have a sensation of wanting to do something and a general idea of what I want to do. But I don't start to understand the shapes until I'm in the action of doing something. So I've, for the past few months, I've really been enjoying writing the newsletter, but what I've been enjoying more is recording the episodes for Read or Die, the episodes about the books, and then doing that one episode I did, Digital Disaster, which is going to be, maybe that's going to be a monthly show, maybe that's going to be an every two-week show. It's definitely not going to be an every-week show, but doing both of those just felt... I felt like I got back into the groove of podcasting. When I did podcasting before, 
I was in the groove, but my mindset was in the wrong place. It was always about this uh, growing and, and uh, you know, the hustle, hustle culture. You get caught up in it. And I was always about that. So I never really enjoyed the process. Now I'm just really enjoying the process so much so that it hit me recently that most of the newsletters that I have been sending out have been written using voice transcription. And then I sit down and I edit. And, you know, because obviously when you talk, people listen to the ums and all of the pauses and the you know, restating the sentence, saying things like, you know, or saying things like, you know, like stuff like that. People are more tolerant of those things when they're listening to you. You don't really leave those in when you're writing. And when you're talking off the top of your head, fillers and things like that tend to bleed in more. So I was editing and taking it. And all of a sudden I realized these thoughts are coming to me verbally and I'm translating them into text. Now, there's multiple things I thought about this. First of all, why the hell am I translating them? If they're verbal thoughts, they should stay verbal. Second of all, I'm spending a lot of time in that translation process, which I could be spending on something else. I could be spending on doing more prep for read or die. I could be spending on working on a book. I could be spending it on other creative endeavors. And just the energy too, you know, the, not only that, I know I could be spending 20 more minutes on the exercise bike, burning some more calories, getting healthier. It's a continual process, getting healthier. I don't think that ever ends, right? You're never like, okay, I'm healthy. <laughs> You're always getting healthier. One of the other things that came to me about this was I noticed that most people engage more with the audio than they do with the written newsletters. It's not a huge drastic difference. It's only about 5% difference between the two. So, you know, this isn't about analytics and, and getting caught up in the hustle thing again. But just seeing that minor difference, it made me think about me when I get something in my inbox. I'm more likely to click on something that's audio because I can do something else. I could go for a walk and listen to that audio. Whereas when I'm getting a newsletter or I get an email, a longer email, we all do this. We leave it in the inbox. I'll get to it. So even though I'm seeing my open rates, I'm not actually seeing my read rates. I don't know, you know, like if five people open an email, it doesn't mean all five of them read it. It just means they opened it. Maybe only one person actually goes back to it and reads it. So I started thinking about me. You know, I can't predict everybody else, but I can predict my usage patterns. I can see the way that I am, and I don't think I'm drastically different than anybody else. The reason I picked dispatches in the beginning, the name dispatches, the word dispatches, is because I knew that sometimes I oscillated between feeling like writing and feeling like talking, and I wanted a word that covered kind of both ends of that spectrum. So in that way, dispatches is just as much about talking as it is about writing. So I think moving forward, not I think, yes, definitely, because I'm doing this right now, moving forward into the coming year, the dispatches are going to be weekly podcasts. It's going to be a weekly episode. So you'll be getting two episodes a week. You'll be getting these, which is just kind of about 
I want these to be super casual. I keep in the in the other podcast, which is I'm getting all things backwards here. I'm getting everything mixed up in order here because things are coming to me <laughs> in a nonlinear fashion in my head right now. So two episodes you get a week. One is going to be read or die. Okay. The other one is this. Okay. Now we got that out of the way. What I've been saying in the read or die episodes about the newsletter is it's fun. It's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be casual. It's not supposed to be writing articles on the internet, not something serious. It's just supposed to be about, you know, what is the creative process like as you're going through it? What are other processes? You know, sometimes life processes mix in here too. And humor and, you know, sometimes not um, not moroseness, but seriousness also. You know, there's a, a vacillation between those two. All that is really what I want these podcast episodes for the, the dispatch section to be about. I want to just be checking in. I want this to be like the letter, you know, hey, here's what's going on. Here's what I'm thinking about. And I want this to evolve. And the only way that I can let that happen is to do it, right? To start playing with it. What is it like to have it casual? Doesn't mean I don't come in with notes. I have an outline in front of me, so I don't do my my famous rambling and getting lost in my thoughts. You know, you just saw there that I had things coming to me in a nonlinear fashion. That's fine if it happens once, twice. But if the whole episode's like that, it's a little confusing. So I have to, I sit down before I go, okay, what are the things I've been thinking about this week? I look at my notes from the week, pull in stuff that I think is interesting, and then I have an outline in it. And then I can just, I talk, and then when I start to get lost, I look back over the outline. Oh, move on to the next thing, dude. <laughs> so that's what you can expect as we're moving through this. Another thing that you'll notice with this one and Digital Disaster as well, neither of them had music at the beginning. There's not going to be music at the end. I think I'm going to do the same thing with Reader Die Slave. I have music on that. I think I'm going to take it out. I'm really starting to feel that it's more important for podcasts to be immediate. I don't know that the music, especially you know this format with me talking, the tone that I use, all of that. I don't think that hyping, <laughs> which is, I guess, essentially what music's supposed to do, is supposed to hype you up. I don't know that that's the right mood for what I do. And I just, I really just, what I've been thinking about is YouTube. Five, ten years ago on YouTube, everything had a bumper. Everything had an intro, everything had an outro. You know, sometimes like, some of them were like 30 seconds, some of them were like a minute long because everybody was imitating TV at that stage, so everything was trying to look like a TV show. And then slowly that started disappearing, and the intro started getting shorter and shorter. And the reason that happened, and the analytics on YouTube started getting better, to where you could see second by second what was happening. People were seeing drop-offs during intros. Oh my God, the, the one-minute intro, I lost like 80% of the people who clicked the video. Let's cut down to 30 seconds. Okay, that helped a little bit, but still losing a lot. And what a lot of people came to the conclusion was, start the episode. <laughs> no music at all. And then it became about, this is something I used to be guilty of when I did YouTube, I would start with an intro, not like a written intro, but I'd start talking about something, you know, if I was doing a product episode, like I, there was one particular episode where I was talking about this little pouch and I talked about like maybe 10 minutes about how I got to the point where I needed this pouch because to me, I was thinking chronologically 
And in reality, when I look back now, I should have just opened the pouch. That's where the video should have started. Here's the pouch and then worked backwards. And I'm starting to think about that with podcasts too, because this week I was just kind of, I do this every once in a while. I go in and I, I'm caught up on the, on the four or five, maybe do I follow six, maybe I follow six podcasts regularly. I was caught up on all the episodes. So I go and I, I I'm using Spotify. So I get recommendations. So I'll go look through the recommendations. Is there anything in here that I actually looks like something I want to listen to? Or I'll search for things and I just, I'm just exploring, you know, what shows are out there? What are other people doing? I'm not looking for something new to follow. I'm just, I'm just measuring, you know, putting my toe in the water, trying to see what else is out there, checking the temperature. And I went into kind of a little rabbit hole of paranormal slash conspiracy slash true crime, you know, like a, I guess left all these people probably trying to be like last podcast from the left, stuff like that. At least I assume that's what they're trying to be. I could not stay through the whole episode. And it was because the format that these shows were using reminded me, probably because this is exactly what they were imitating, but it reminded me of radio shows from like the 1990s. Everything is a short segment. Like, hey, let's talk about blah, blah, blah. And then they talk about it for like 10 seconds. Okay. In other news, blah, blah. You know, like they're just keep jumping and keep moving. Everything is about moving, moving. It's constant transition. And everything has a music bumper. And then they go on to the next thing. And then it has another little weird music thing. And they have a soundboard. So there's all these things that are supposed to be funny, but they're not really funny. Yeah, that's cool. You found a quote from a movie and you pushed a button. And it's, it just... They were unlistenable. It was obnoxious. And to be honest, it was kind of kind of pathetic. And I guess maybe that's been swimming in my head too, where it's like the music starts to feel like, oh, I'm, I'm putting on a show here. I'm putting on a show. And I don't want to put on a show. I want the stuff I do to be just casual, but honest, real. That's why I can't script things. You know, I, like I said, I do the outline just for everybody's benefit <laughs> so I don't get lost but I can't script I have to talk I have to be able to get lost I have to ramble I have to have my ums because I'm thinking in the moment you know what we're talking about right now is just off the top of my head so yeah I think I'm going to cut the music from Read or Die or Slave so theoretically that will be three podcasts but like I said the digital disasters that's not going to be every week, but I'd like the other two to be weekly. I didn't think I could do Read or Die a Slave when I started. I don't know if you guys remember the first episode before I even did the first book, the introduction episode. I said it was going to be done based on the schedule of when I finish books. Well, it turns out I've been finishing books fast enough to do an episode every week. So that's cool. It just means that I'm giving myself enough time to read. I don't feel like I'm rushing through books. I think maybe one of the big differences is when I tried to do a book podcast in the past, I wasn't doing audiobooks. So, I mean, the same thing I said about podcasts, you know, you can do something else. You can go for a walk. Yeah. I can listen to audiobooks. At least I get, I know good, I get at least an hour to an hour and a half in every day when I walk the dog. That's about 10 hours a week. You can rip through some pretty short books just on that time alone. If it's a longer book, I can dedicate more time. 
So that's been cool. In fact, this week, in the next few days, depending, a few days from when I'm saying this, not <laughs> depending on when you hear this, you may actually hear this afterwards, but the next few days, I'm going to do the first deep dive episode for Read or Die, which I was, to be honest, I was really nervous about as I was getting through. I knew it was a good idea, but wasn't sure how I was going to prepare for it. I ended up sitting down and making a whole stack of cards for myself. And then I wrote all the notes out yesterday and it took me like four hours to organize everything into an order, you know, because I'm not just going chronologically through the book. The whole point is look at what I have and understand it in a new context, which means putting things in an order that makes sense for me because I'm filtering this all through myself and the notes are so, so extensive, but I'm very excited for it. I don't know how long it's going to take to go through that episode. Like part of me is like, oh my God, is it going to be like a three hour episode? But hey, if it is awesome, you know, that's people are paying to support. Sweet. You know, here you go. You wanted a deep dive. Here's a deep dive. And I don't feel like I'm holding anything back, which is probably part of the reason that I feel so much confidence about this podcasting phase right now. I don't feel like anything's artificial. And I think that's a reason that I'm tweaking some of the dials right now as we're ending the year is because that honesty that I'm feeling, that comfort and honesty that I'm feeling is making me notice places where it's like, oh, that's not exactly how I want it. That's not, you know, the music, oh, you know, I don't need the music, all these little minor things, you know, maybe I should do this as audio. Okay. And I do feel this audio is more personal and I want these to be personal. I don't want this to be a show. This is a dispatch. This is like a really long voicemail that you would leave for a friend. So that's kind of where I am with all that stuff right now. And one of the things I've been thinking about, I wanted to end on kind of a, a more philosophical thing. A lot of those are just kind of like updates on where I am with my creative process at least as it relates to Substack right now. But I wanted to zoom out a little bit and talk a little bit about something more philosophical that I've been thinking about. When I said earlier that the time that I was spending translating the audio into writing was time that I could have been spending on something else. In particular, it was time I could have been spent, I could have spent on writing something else. Now there's three things that automatically come to mind when I say that. First of all, writing notes. Writing notes from, like, for example, I've been watching documentaries recently and I've been actually enjoying having the computer in front of me to just jot down some notes while I'm watching. You know, not extensive notes, but, you know, there's always two or three ideas from a documentary that I'm like, oh, that relates to things that that are topics of interest to me. Obviously, that's usually why you watch a documentary. The second thing would be journaling more which is kind of more for mental state and mental health and uh, mental hygiene, maybe is a good way to say it, keeping your brain healthy. But then the third thing is writing, writing, like creative writing. And I don't even mean the thing that devours itself, the fiction subcast, subs, subcast, that's good, substack, because that's already going well. I already have that going well. Mostly because I have like 15 years of stuff to go through <laughs> over there. But I mean, 
something I've been debating for years. I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to do it, but that's kind of the fun of, of the whole thing is figuring it out. And that's writing books. I want to write nonfiction books on these topics that I always say they're interesting, interesting to me. And I, the way I see that happening, I talk about this to some degree in the, so far, the only episode of digital disaster. So if you really want to go into the nitty gritty of process, I'll direct you to that. I won't reiterate that here. But essentially, the things that I take notes on for books, in particular to the extent that I'm taking notes, like these deep dive notes for like when this week we're doing the Rick Rubin book, The Creative Act. Well, that book's about creativity. So now I have a ton of notes about the topic of creativity. Now, obviously, I'm not going to go write a book based off of my notes from Rick Rubin's book on creativity. But as time goes by and I read another book on creativity, I read another book on creativity. I'm not taking everything from these books. You know, I'm just picking and choosing the things that resonate with me. Well, eventually I'll have a bunch of stuff that resonates, resonates with me on creativity or on small towns or on economics from all these different books. And then I'll be able to do just like I did with the deep dive episode. I'll be able to, instead of taking all the books from all the notes from one book, I'll be able to take all the notes from one topic and look at them and arrange them and theoretically write a book. Now, the reason I'm bringing this up is because I've been thinking a lot about how synergistic the relationship is between having a regular podcast and working on a book. The reason I say that is because one of the things that I've come to the realization on about podcasts is podcasts are great because it's short deadlines, especially if you're doing weekly episodes or even sometimes people do multiple times a week. They do daily. You have these short deadlines, these short-term things. So you're always busy. You you feel good because you're being productive. You're doing something. Okay, I did that. What's up for the next few days? You're always moving towards something in the short term. But often what happens is you get caught up in that cycle, or at least I have in the past, and you stop really making any progress forward. Now, that's not to say that uh, a podcast is not going to get you somewhere if you do it consistently over time on a short-term basis. But I'm talking about what it's like for you mentally, not talking about what actually happens. When you do podcasts on a short-term basis, and you don't have these long-term projects going alongside it, the podcast itself also becomes your long-term project. And that's when you start obsessing about growth, when you start obsessing about numbers, because the short-term is get the episode out, but the long-term is reach this many subscribers, get this many paying supporters, get this open rate. And you get obsessed with those things. And those things can be dangerous because it's not wrong to look at those things, but you can obsess over them. And they can rob you of the pleasure and the contentment of doing the short-term things. Because you stop being able to appreciate the pleasure of doing the short-term things because all you're thinking about is that long-term thing, which is this, in that case, an ever-receding goal. If you get to a million downloads... You don't stop and celebrate. Now it's two and then it's five and then it's 10. It's this ever receding horizon. 
So by having a book, you can have, or I can have a long-term project to focus on while also having the podcast, which is a short-term goal. The the advantage of the short-term goal, I've already said, it gives you the sense of accomplishment that you're moving forward. The advantage of the long-term goal is it gives you something to look forward to. When all you're looking is at the short-term, it's easy to get depressed or to get anxious because there's no reason to look for tomorrow when it starts to feel like every day is just another day in this cycle. You need something in larger cycles. I've been thinking the last year a lot about the school year when you're a kid. There's, there's an underrated quality to the segmentation of time into larger chunks like cycles. For example, the school year, the semester, summer break. These milestones help you to understand the passage of time. It's something that's also come to me being in Texas, where the weather is a little bit more seasonal than it was in California. It feels good when it's cloudy out because it's been so sunny for so long. And then it feels good when it's sunny because it's been raining for so long. Those transitions also bring us this sense of satisfaction and forward momentum in life. And what I like about a book in particular as a long-term goal, as a long-term thing to look forward to, is a book has a specific end date. Is you know, a podcast doesn't. Unless you're doing a series, you know, like a, a true crime thing, I'm gonna do six episodes on this case and then I'm done. Most podcasts are an ongoing thing. So there's no end in sight. Just one day you go, okay, I'm done. But with a book, you can say, okay, I'm moving towards being able to structure this book. And then the structure, okay, I'm, I'm structured. Now I'm structuring the book. You're structuring the book. Okay, now I'm going to start fleshing the book out. Okay, now I'm fleshing the book out. Now I'm writing. Now I'm doing this draft. Now I'm doing this draft. Now I'm doing this draft. Now I'm sending it to an editor. And then eventually it gets to a point where you're like, it's done. It's published. It's done. It's out. And then you can move on to another book or do something else or just maybe never write another book. But it has a definitive end. And I think when, especially when you're looking at long-term goals, definitive ends, I think are really important because it gives you a reason to stop. I don't know if it's my age, but that idea of stopping and going, oh, time has passed. I'm acknowledging that because ever since being out of school and ever since I started working for myself at home, time has been elusive. It doesn't feel like things change. I feel like I'm doing the same thing over and over again, which can be incredibly depressing, which is also one of the reasons maybe that I like to tweak things a little bit because I need a little change. I need a little something. You know, like today, typically in the morning, I get up, I feed the animals, and then I take the dog for a walk. And then on Mondays, I come back and I go on, get on the exercise bike. And I do that for you know, about 40 minutes. Today, I slept in an hour later than I normally do. I got up and I was like, yeah, it's in the 30s. I don't think I want to go for a walk. Took the dog in the backyard. You know what? I think I want to eat some food right now. It's like 10 o'clock at this point. Normally I don't eat till noon. Whoa. Okay. What am I doing? Well, okay. I ate a little bit. Had a little bit of coffee. You know what? I'm going to watch a documentary. 
while I'm on the exercise bike. So I sat on the exercise bike for like an hour and a half and watched a documentary, taking notes too. <laughs> Just co- completely changed things up. But not so much so that I derailed everything. I still did things that I would normally do. I just did them in a different order. And it just, it, like right now, maybe that's why I'm recording this right now, because everything is in a different order. So I decided, hey, you know what else I can do right now? I could just record that audio. I don't know what I'm going to be able to send it out to everybody, but I can just record that right now. So something to keep in mind when it comes to processes, short-term goals, long-term goals, how are they working together? Maybe I'm the only person that needs both of those, but I doubt it. Everybody needs a reason to look forward to tomorrow, and everybody also needs a reason to feel good about today, what you're doing today. So if you're if you're someone on Substack, jump into the comments or you know go find me on X if you want to go through all that process. Tell me. Tell me about short-term and long-term. How's this stuff working for you? Is it working for you? I got to ask these questions because, you know, it's one of the other things about being in this cycle of being home most of the time by myself is I can get in me and in my thoughts and not have enough understanding of other people's processes. So make sure you take the time to let me know because I actually do want to know. This isn't just a I don't know, marketing strategy. I don't know what you would call that when people always ask you to leave a comment. I guess it is a marketing strategy. I'm asking for you to give me some feedback because the more you guys, these are dispatches, as I said before, and I want them to be casual. And part of that casual means that there should be some sort of relationship between us, some sort of exchange, maybe is a better word between us, where you are part of this feedback loop that we're in. That things that you think and feel somehow bleed into my process and come into the episodes so that together in some way we're almost co-creating this. That's very interesting. And I think people try to replicate this when they do Q&A, which one day I would be down to do if anybody actually wanted to do that. But what I think is more interesting is to just pick things up as they go along. Instead of collecting a bunch of questions, like just look at the questions as they come in and think about them and just work them in and look at the comments and the things other people saying and actually think about them maybe journal about them and then come in and see what comes out of the top of my head to me that feels like a dispatch you know i i really i think about this more as uh how of you how many of you remember the tv show alf from the 80s to me it was a big show. I don't know why it was just a show that I really loved when I was younger. I mean, I was that age. One of the things on the show was they had a garage. The dad had a CB radio and then Alf would go out there sometimes and get on the CB and he'd be talking to people all across the world because, you know, they didn't know he was an alien. And I think that's what I think about a lot with this is like CB. Like I'm just putting something out there, but it's not radio instead of broadcast it's it's a message and i hope to have messages return in response so this is the first episode of the audio dispatches hope you dug it if you want to become a paid supporter you'll be able to get that deep dive episode that i'm going to do this week on rick rubin's book so 
keep that in mind. If not, if you're not ready for that yet, you're not ready for that level of commitment. <laughs> Try to find somebody that you know that we should bring into this conversation too. There's been some interesting people uh, joining or subscribing recently. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how they're going to interact. I'm actually trying to open my email right now because I want to see one person's name. Because this person actually responded to my, you know, when you subscribe, I send out a welcome email. Some of you might not have seen it because you subscribed long ago before I did this. But when people subscribe now, they get a welcome email and I ask them um, who they are, what they're curious about, what book they're reading, what's the best book that they remember reading. And I asked them, what's more likely to be true? Gray aliens or ghosts? And Paulo out there, he gave me some responses. And Paulo, I'm guessing from your name and from the way this looks to me, I'm not an expert, but I think this is Portuguese. Luckily, we live in a world where all I have to do is highlight it and say translate. So I know exactly what you said. So thank you for taking the time to, to respond. And actually... I've been seeing that book by Peter Atia, Outlive, kind of filtering around, and I had not yet added it to my to-read list. So because of you and because of your response, I've added that. And for all we know, that may end up an episode of Read or Die, all because of Paulo. And if it's not Portuguese, please correct me, okay? I have no problem with being wrong. Okay, everybody, talk to you next week.